0: This week, we're talking about that with David P. Jacob. I would hope
1: to see that number just skyrocket, that there'd be more believers here in the States that would hear God calling.
0: Welcome to the Engaging Missions Show, where we are bringing missions home. Here's your host, Brian Ensignal. Thanks so much for stopping by, and welcome to the show. We want to see the body of Christ fully engaged in what God's doing. Before we get started, I do want to say a quick welcome to Jim Subash, Jean, Chelsea, Tara, Katie and Jonathan, who all recently liked the Engaging Missions Facebook page. If you'd like to connect with us on Facebook, you can go to facebook.com slash engagingmissions. I also want to give a shout-out to Brian Ambrose from Australia, who left a five-star review in Apple Podcasts. He left the feedback that the show is always challenging and encouraging. So, Brian, if you're listening, thanks so much for that. I appreciate that. And if you're a podcaster and you're wondering how you can get reviews like this delivered right to your email inbox, go to engagingmissions.com reviews and that will link you to the service that I use for this. I do want to say a quick thank you to our sponsor, Mega Voice. They manufacture solar powered audio Bibles in almost 4,000 different languages and dialects so that non literate people can access scripture in their heart language. These audio Bibles are highly durable, secure, and completely customizable to fit your audience and your location. Nearly 800 million adults worldwide are considered illiterate, and Mega Voice allows ministries to bridge the literacy gap and to break the silence. This month, which is May of 2019, Mega Voice is partnering with the Mission Journal to outfit one lucky mission team with audio Bibles and Mission Journals. If you're planning on going to a on a missions trip this year, check out Mega Voice Global on Instagram for more information. From homeless outreach and refugee response to medical missions and trauma recovery, these audio bibles allow ministries to maximize their impact. You can learn more by visiting megavoice.com Slash engaging missions. And one more time, huge thank you to Mega Voice for sponsoring the show. This week we're talking with David P. Jacob. He was a missionary with the Assembly of God World Missions in Asia. He's currently the missionary in residence and chair of intercultural studies at Trinity Bible College and Graduate School in Ellendale, North Dakota. He's the director for the Center of Missionary Mobilization and Retention and the author of the book, It's Your Call. We talked quite a bit about calling and ministry, but also about what he's seeing God do when a group of people, a group of students make missions awareness and missions practice a part of their curriculum. This was really good. And I, I hope that it sparks a similar passion in more people to do something similar, because I think this could really bear fruit for, for eternity because of what they're doing. And I think it could bear fruit in other places as well. I'm not going to hold you up any longer. I really did enjoy this. And I think that you will as well. You wrote the book, It's Your Call, and it's a pretty good and pretty quick read but my first question is just why why did you write that book
1: yeah you know for a couple of reasons one is i work with students here at Trinity Bible College and graduate school often and some of them are dealing with with their calling and you know, am I called to ministry? Am I called to be a missionary? And how do I know if God's calling me? You know, is the call the same for every person? Like, I don't want to mess up my life kind of, hmm. kind of questions. And so that's one of the reasons. But the other one is that, you know, I've struggled with those things too in, in my walk. And so I just wanted to be able to write a, a, a short book that perhaps, I know there's lots out there that maybe wouldn't consider yourself one who enjoys reading. And so this is a shorter book for maybe the younger generations that wouldn't normally pick up a book to help them kind of navigate, am I called to be a missionary or am I called to be missional?
0: Yeah, I have to say on a personal level, I really enjoyed the book. And there was there was one story that you shared in the book that really kind of hit me. And it was the time when you were seeking God's call and he kind of redirected you toward seeking something else. And I thought it was what you shared was really insightful. Do, do you mind taking a minute to share with us how God transitioned you from seeking after your calling to seeking something else and what that was?
1: Yeah, I would love to. It was a difficult time in my life. I was I don't know, I'm a bit embarrassed to say, but I was, I was kind of frustrated with God. At the same time, I think it's good that we are honest with our emotions towards Him. But I was feeling a tug to move on from the ministry that I was at, and, but just didn't know what was next. And so for months, I, I was asking God, what do you want me to do? Where, where am I supposed to go? And I don't know about you, but there's times where it feels like our prayers are are bouncing off the ceiling and, (laughs) you know, we're, we just, we're not hearing anything. And so we're, you know, I'm, I'm inspecting my own life and being reflective. And is there some unconfessed sin and why isn't God hearing my prayers or that's just what it felt like. I, I know in my head that he does, but, you know, I just wasn't getting any answers here. And it came to a point of one day just in my office, really frustrated, almost to the point of tears and just, just saying, God, I don't understand why you're not talking to me what do you want me to do next we will do anything and we'll go anywhere but you've you've hmm. got to speak and i don't understand why you're so silent and in that moment i got this picture in my head and i'm not one to to get visions really they happen but it's pretty rare and this was one of those times where i got a picture in my head and i was driving a car and jesus was sitting next to me in the passenger seat and I was doing this whole, you know, complaining thing and and just saying, Jesus, where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? I'll drive anywhere. I'll run a red light. It doesn't matter. You know, just, 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 you've got to talk to me and tell me where you want me to go and guide this car. Where do you want me to do? And, and so I remember Jesus turned and looked at me and he said, you know what I'd like? I would like to switch seats and let's just get to know each other better. Mm. And man, it was in that moment that God spoke to me about it is not about seeking his will but it is all about seeking him and there is a big difference. And I think like in my own life, so many of us get worked up about I need to know God's will. Yeah. You know, I meet with students often, I want to know God's will. I don't want to I don't want to mess this up, right? But it's it's really, I think, barking up the wrong tree. It's the wrong question to be asking. We should be asking, how do I get to know you, God, more? And it's in that pressing in and knowing him that he reveals his will to us. And so it was several months for me after that, seeing that picture, that vision in my mind of seeking God that I, I put it in my calendar. My wife and I went on a getaway Bible study and, and prayer retreat just for the two of us to not get answers, but to get more of God. Mm. And so it was in that, those times that he started to speak to us about our next steps.
0: Yeah, I, I love that story because that that really speaks to me even where I am, because I find that on a personal level, I continue to seek God for his direction sometimes rather than seeking mm-hmm. yeah. Him for Him. So I appreciate your willingness to share that. I, I suspect that that is a common experience among a lot of believers. And I think we're going to probably come back to that in, in just a minute, because you wrote some more about some things like that. But one of the things that you mentioned also is that you you really hope that every believer will discover their personal adventure in missions. What What do you mean by that?
1: Yeah, so I think that, that missions is not a call. I think biblically speaking, we can know that there's no calling to missions. I, there is a calling to be a missionary, but the missions component in the scriptures, Matthew 28:19 and following, and many, many other numerous passages of scripture, it's not a calling for some, it's a command for every believer. And so that, that great commission command at the end of Matthew was directed to all of the disciples. And so eleven twelfths of them, eleven after after Judas was replaced, eleven of the disciples went and scattered throughout the world sharing the gospel in unreached areas. And one stayed in Jerusalem to pastor the church there and to, to be a sending arm of, of missionaries. Now, again, this isn't to say that everyone is to be a missionary, please. That's not what I'm saying. I think that that is a, a calling for some, but not for all. But there are many, many ways for everyone, every believer to be involved in this great adventure of missions. And whether that is some of the common ones that we automatically think about are giving financially mm-hmm. or praying. These are important roles. because Listen, no missionary can go without somebody sending. Now, we know that it is the Holy Spirit through the church that sends missionaries, but God uses the body to send missionaries. And if no one gives, we don't go anywhere. So the senders are really, I think you can make an argument. They're they're perhaps the, the true heroes. You know, sometimes people put missionaries on a pedestal and say, wow, look at them. They're they're super you know these super saints kind of people and which really were not we're, <laughs> we're simply human beings just being obedient but but really the sender is as important as the missionary if not more because of that sending component so just giving finances praying who knows that when we pray for unreached people groups that god doesn't use those those prayers to do amazing powerful things and that people come into the kingdom because of our prayers they're they're mm. powerful and there are multitude other ways of being involved in missions inspiring the younger generation so if you're a pastor or if you're a missionary as you are speaking in in various avenues various mm. venues that you are inspiring and mobilizing the next generation and even Current generations to go, I, I spoke at a, a church once, and a sixty three year old lady came up to me after the service, and she was crying and she said, "Dave, my husband passed away a couple years ago, mm. and she said i 'm near retiring right now, and i don 't want to waste my life well, what What should I do? I really feel like God is calling me overseas, perhaps to be involved in short-term mission trips, what w- what can I do? And so there is a person that, that really gets it, that every believer should be involved in the Great Commission task. And whether it's going long-term, short-term, whether it's mobilizing others or spending time every day praying for unreached people groups, or whether you're a business person and can invest in the kingdom by giving financially, these are really, really important roles, and it's the body of Christ working together to fulfill the Great Commission.
0: It's, it's so good. As a, as a person myself, who I don't feel called to go in that way. It's encouraging yeah. to hear the value of that, because I think it, it really e- is easy sometimes to focus on what appears to be the work of one person or one small group of people and forget all of the other things that went into that. And we can We can say things like we glorify God, and that's as true as it can be, but it can really be easy to lose perspective and go, well, wait a minute, he's using me too. Do you have any Mm -hmm. tips for those of us who need to remind ourselves (laughs) that what we do matters?
1: Yeah, you know, I would look to Romans 10. You know, Paul is asking some rhetorical questions here in Romans 10, and he's saying, how can they hear about the gospel unless someone preaches to them? And how can someone preach unless they go? And how can they go unless they are sent? And so that's where Paul kind of stops with things he kind of works backwards a little bit in in this passage so so being part of sending missionaries is just a crucial component you know we're a body working together and so the eye isn't more important than the hands so the feet aren't more important than the arms you know so it, it is difficult at times I know really I've been in the states now for several years and I'm not I'm not on the field. Currently and haven't been for several years, but yet my role here I see is very, very important, inspiring and educating the next generation and taking them on short term trips back to unreached people group areas where they can meet these wonderful people and begin to endeavor to share the gospel with them. And so whether it's perhaps you're a stay-at-home mom and you are homeschooling your kids, you're you're discipling your children, there's so many resources out there, kids' books and other resources that that you can use to disciple your kids in a A a missional way, reading missionary biographies and missionary stories. We go through these books called Heroes of the Faith with our kids. And um, so that is all about raising up a generation who who's going to grow up and say, missions needs to be at the, at the, it's not just a piece of the pie in Christian ministry. It's the, it's the hub of the wheel, right? And so we're teaching the, the next generation, the importance of getting this gospel to every people group in the world.
0: Yeah, I I appreciate that. Going back to the book, we talked a little bit about your experience where you were chasing after God's will and how you how he redirected you. But in the book, you Mm. also wrote about a couple of other things that you kind of pair together with seeking God instead of his will in order to actually discover what God's will is for your life. Can you share with us the the framework that you shared in your book?
1: Yeah. 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 So the subtitle is to a missionary or missional life. And and like I mentioned, not everyone is a missionary, but everybody should be living missional lives. In other words, we should be living as believers lives of outreach. And so to help determine whether or not we are called to be a missionary, the one who goes, or we're called to stay but but live out this missional lifestyle, I list three things in the book. N- number one is prayer and Bible study, and we've kind of alluded to that already. It's one of the most important ways that God speaks to us is through prayer and not just talking to God, but also carving time to listen, to just sit and to be still in those mm whenever you do your your quiet time and i do mine in the morning and so it's it's easy before everyone else gets up to just sit on the couch with a cup of coffee in the bible and and to just listen to what god is saying to me so prayer and bible study are, are number one those are crucial components secondly especially if you're trying to discover or navigate a call to perhaps be a missionary i would encourage you to find a missionary mentor and this can be formal or it can be informal. So perhaps maybe the next time that a missionary comes through your church, you can talk with them afterwards if you have questions. And, and if this is something that, you know, you're wondering about, is God calling me to be a missionary? You can just say, hey, would you mind if I texted you some questions every once in a while? You know, missionaries travel all over the place. And sometimes we have to be careful because they're in sensitive locations. Yeah. But to find, find someone who can mentor you in that, in that process of is God asking me? to go and 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 we did that too i remember calling a missionary to thailand and saying you know we think god might be calling us overseas but we're not sure and you know what do you think can is it am, am i crazy for even thinking this you know or is this maybe something that god is doing here's what's going on in my life can you can you just help me navigate it and of course your pastor can help as well and then third, I mentioned take a short-term mission trip. If you've never gone before, even if you have, take another one. Maybe we'll call it a a vision trip to see what, what God might have for you, to go and experience other cultures and talk with those missionaries who are boots on the ground there. And just, just pray in that context and say, God, is this what you would have for me? Long term? Is this what you want me to do with my life? So I think those three things, implementing them into your life, can really help kind of navigate that missions call and to discover is God calling you to be a missionary or does he have some other really important missions role for you?
0: Yeah. And the, the book and what you just shared, I think that plays in perfectly to what, what you're doing at Trinity in terms of the missionary in residence. And when we talked about this and you shared with me what you were doing, I was, I was really excited and a little bit intrigued. Can you share with us what it is that you're doing at Trinity as the missionary in residence?
1: Yeah. So one of the things that we've helped start here is what we call our go trips. And every year it's actually the, the, about this time of the year in early March, as we're recording here. Every year, we close our school, so this is not spring break. This is what we call go trips, mm. and the entire on-campus student body will scatter around the world on on short-term trips in a variety of ministries. So these trips are led by our faculty and our staff. Students fundraise on top of their on top of their tuition and school bill in order to participate in these trips. We also have regional options that are free for our students. If if our students can't travel for a variety of reasons, we offer free options. There are day outreaches around the Upper Midwest region here, But, but we scatter every year. So it doesn't matter what your major is. We here at Trinity Bible College want our students to understand this is not just about how much knowledge we can pour into your head but it's about living a missional lifestyle. And so you don't have to wait until you graduate to be involved in ministry. We take what we learn in the classroom, and then every year we close down and you scatter all over the world to apply some of the things that you're learning and to put your theology and this learning into practice by ministering to others. And I'm telling you what, not only do we impact those places that we go, or rather God impacts them through (laughs) us, but our students come back changed. And it is amazing to see the transformation every year on our campus as students come back and the testimonies start pouring in of changed lives and healings and salvations. And, And to see this what we teach, to see it played out in actual ministry around the world. So it's just amazing what God is doing through this small Bible college in the middle of nowhere in Ellendale, North Dakota.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And for for those listening that don't know, I grew up really, really pretty near Ellendale and I've been familiar with Trinity for a while. So this was super exciting to me because of that historical connection. Yeah. One of the things that you mentioned was this this transformation and the encouragement that comes from the people going on these trips. I I don't want to break anybody's Mm -hmm. confidence or anything, but are are there any of those stories that you're able to share with us?
1: Yeah. So there was a student who went to uh, Mardi Gras outreach and was really so impacted by that trip that when they came back, they decided that they were going to pick up an intercultural studies major and that they really felt like, God is is calling me to do something more in this area because of this trip that I went on and that student is now serving in India doing their internship ministering the gospel in 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 the CrossFit area of you know gyms wow. and and and, and and in that that business, just really uh, being able to share the gospel and 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 to be a light there in India, and so these go trips are really transformational. Yeah, I've taken students to a sensitive country in Asia, and one student came back and was able to stay in touch with someone that they had met, and led them to the Lord. It was weeks after the trip because they were, you know, talking and having these continuing conversations. So the reason why we do these trips is to impact people for the gospel of Jesus Christ. But an important byproduct is the transformation and the change that occurs in our students' lives as well.
0: Yeah, and I was going to ask that, because thinking about a school, the entire school, all of the students, not -hmm. not just those that feel called to cross-cultural ministry, those who call, feel called to youth ministry or to pastorate or anything that they could be trained for right there. Everybody is going. And this is, this is a big deal in my mind. And I'm glad you touched on why that's such an important part of the curriculum. I'm assuming it's not the only thing. I mean, you don't just send people out with no training. How How do you prepare them for this?
1: Yeah. Well, we have chapel during the weeks, you know, starting in the fall semester, Tuesday through Friday, every morning is chapel. And so every Thursday is a meeting in our small groups as we prepare for these short-term trips. So instead of meeting as a large student body, we will split up into our various go-trip teams. And then the staff and faculty will train each of their, each of their teams, train their students in pre- preparation for them, to go on these trips.
0: Yeah. I love that. One of the things I have in my mind, it's just kind of a picture is if you were able to sit down with the presidents or the boards of directors or the board of regents for a variety of different denominational Bible schools Mm -hmm. and sit down with them Mm -hmm. and they asked you, why would we want to consider this as part of our curriculum? What, what would you share with them?
1: I would share with them, and actually, this has happened. Um, oh. <laughs> I would share with them that you know some Brian think that it's a little bit overkill to go every year, and there are some schools, some great schools, who you know maybe ask their students to go once during the four-year time frame that they're there at at school, and I think that's great. We go every year, and I've had some say to me, you know what, that's a little much. It seems like overkill. But when you look at the world and you understand that there are still over six thousand people groups who have never once heard about Jesus and his yeah. love and his salvation, going once a year is not nearly enough. So, so this is why we go, because we want to be his witnesses. We want to make disciples of, of nations. We want to obey this Great Commission command. And so that's why we do it. We, we we do it because it's 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 outreach and we're asked, we're commanded to as believers. But there's a great benefit to our on campus student body as well as they come back and then they get it. They understand now. You know, some who go to Bible college perhaps at times are, you know, they just don't they just don't quite grasp the importance of ministry and of outreach. And and after going on these trips, they come back change. So if you want to change the atmosphere of your campus, uh, have your students go on short-term trips. God does amazing, amazing things.
0: If, if you were able to look forward with the eyes of faith, say 50 or 100 years, and the, the things that God has done through the students and the people that they know over the next half a century or a century, what would you hope to see God have accomplished?
1: <laughs> oh, man. I would hope to see hundreds of thousands of people that are born again that are in the kingdom because of because of our students and how they minister to others. I would hope to see a missions mobilization movement that is thriving, you know, right now, Brian, unfortunately, the long-term missionaries sent from the United States is in decline. Mm-hmm. So we're thankful for the, the global church and, and those outside of the West that are beginning to send more missionaries around the world. So if you include those numbers, there are more missionaries in the world now than there have ever been, and we praise God for that. But as far as missionaries sending from the U.S., Our long-term missionary numbers have been declining for 10 years, Mm. and so I would hope to see that number just skyrocket, that there'd be more believers here in the States that would hear God calling them, and that would have the courage and the love for Jesus to obey and who would go, and that they would multiply themselves to make more disciples and to just see a huge missionary mobilization movement from the states, but from other countries as well, that we would see some of these unreached people groups, some that aren't even what we call engaged, some that aren't, that no one is actively trying to share their faith with these unreached people groups, that we would begin to see them come to faith in Jesus.
0: Wow. Uh, Yeah, I love that. One other thing, because I suspect there may be somebody listening right now who's connected to a school and they're going, man, that sounds great. How do I get started? (laughs)
1: Yeah, you know, it was a several-year process for us here as far as implementing. There's a lot of, in academia, a lot of maybe red tape or Hmm. things, regulations, so it can be quite difficult. But I think we start with just having the conversation and we start dreaming, hey, what if you know, what if we did this? How, how would this impact the world and how would this impact our school? And to start having those conversations with leadership to see, to just put some, some vision in it and to dream big. I'm kind of a, I'm a, a visionary, big dreamer kind of guy. And, and so to just have those, what if conversations and to, and to start that dialogue, We'll just get the ball rolling. And certainly I'd be happy to talk with anybody personally about how we have begun to implement this go trip program where we send our students around the world every year.
0: Yeah, that's great. And if if you want to connect with David, just stop by the show notes. We'll have a way for you to connect with him right there. One of the other things that really stood out to me as we were chatting, though, was how your heart for this is so much bigger than I hate to say just one school, but your heart for this is bigger and you're you're mm-hmm. working to build relationships and provide resources that serve the broader body of Christ in some pretty incredible ways. Can you share with us what you're doing with the Center for Missionary Mobilization and Retention?
1: Yeah. So here at Trinity in partnership with Assemblies of God World Missions, we've started this Center for Missionary Mobilization and Retention to help equip and resource pastors and missionaries and professional mobilizers from other mission agencies around the country to resource them to send and sustain more missionaries around the world so our website is missionarymobilization.org and it is full of resources that are free for any christian leader to begin maybe you're a pastor and you say well i would love to mobilize missionaries from my church how do i how do i begin where do i start we've got a, a mobilization resources page where there are several articles some that we have generated and a lot from various organizations around the country to help you begin to understand what mobilization is and and how do we go about talking about missions so that we can help people hear the voice of god better so it's not really about trying to manipulate people to be involved in missions. Mm. It's not really just about recruiting, but it's about maybe creating environments where the missionary call could be heard a little bit better, should God be calling people. So missionarymobilization.org, there's all sorts of resources there. And in addition, to help retain missionaries, you know, 71% of missionaries who come home prematurely, they come off the field for for preventable reasons. And so we want to provide resources to mission agencies, to missionaries themselves, and to pastors to say, how can we keep our missionaries healthy and thriving on the field so that they, they don't have to come home for some of these preventable causes?
0: When people do reach out to you in terms of resources, having questions and things like that, what, what are some of the most common questions that people have when they
1: reach out? Yeah. You know, it's been amazing lately. I've had a lot of of youth pastors and even district youth leaders who oversee, you know, uh, the, the, their particular denominations, youth ministry in the States. And they say, we've got kids, we've got youth who will go to camp and and God will speak to them at the altar about becoming a missionary. But then they go back home and what happens there's no connection they kind of lose this missionary passion and pretty soon they kind of just fade and, and get back into their routine so how do we help nurture the missionary call in in our in our youth and so we've been able to talk to some pastors and and go to different conferences and and even even record some videos for district leaders about how we go about nurturing this call because the call usually doesn't happen any one point sometimes there is a one-time thing where hey god called me to be a missionary and and now i know but oftentimes it develops over the course of months or even many years and so how can we as youth pastors begin to nurture this and help grow and walk alongside our youth to, to develop this call and to help keep them interested in learning about missions until they graduate high school, they get to college and they get this intercultural studies training and then we launch them out into the field. And so that's been something that, that we've heard of recently is can you kind of help us as we walk alongside our youth? Cool, so
0: if you're listening right now and you've heard him talk about this and you're thinking, man, I'd love to have some resources missionarymobilization.org. Check it out. You'll find resources right. right there. And of course, like I said, we'll have contact information. So if you need to reach out to David, you can do that and connect with him. As, as we draw this to a close, David, I've, I've really got just a couple of things left. One is, is there anything burning on your heart that you would like to talk to us about that I haven't asked you already?
1: You know, I think you've, you've done a great job touching on the the topics that God has placed on my heart you know I would just encourage people if you don't know what to do if you don't know where to start that you can you can begin by praying praying for more laborers joshua project.net has a great resource called the unreached people group of the day that i myself use in my own personal quiet time where you can just open that app up and it's got a new people group listed every day with all sorts of information. And you can, you can click on a, on a little button that says, I'm praying for this people group. And it shows you how many people around the world are currently praying for that people group. And so you're joining with hundreds of thousands and uh, hundreds really of people around the world that are praying for that particular people group.
0: And I'd like to point out, because we've talked about it before, but just your your prayers matter, right? It's not us yeah. that accomplishes oh, yeah. this thing. Your prayers matter. So if this is something that God's leading yeah. you toward, check out joshuaproject.net and join in, because what God does with those prayers, it, it really matters. Speaking of prayer, David, as we be- begin to bring this to a close, how can we best pray for you?
1: Mm. Well, appreciate that. You know, like, like any, any ministry, we're in need of a lot of prayer. We're in need of some finances. And, but, you know, beyond that, we just want to see God lifted up and we want to see him praised. We want to see Jesus worshiped in places where the church does not exist. And so pray for, for more laborers to go. Pray for more people to come into the kingdom and more of these unreached areas to hear about the great love of Jesus.
0: Oh, good stuff. If you're listening right now, you know I'm going to encourage you to stop the recording and pray right now. Pray for the unreached people groups, pray for the resources and the connections, and frankly, the strength to continue because it's not always easy. So I'd encourage you to do that right now because if you're like me, it's super easy to forget, think I'll do it later, and then if, it, if you're me, you don't. So I'd encourage you to do that right now. David, I'd like to say one more time, just a huge thank you. I really appreciate your willingness to do this and your willingness to open up your life and your heart to share.
1: You know, it's been great, Brian. Thanks so much for the opportunity. I'd like to say one more huge thank you to David P. Jacob for joining
0: us, to Mega Voice for sponsoring the show, and to you just for being here. It's great to have you here. Show notes are available at engagingmissionscom David P. Jacob. That's where you're going to find links, ways to connect with the guest, and more. And you'll also find the link to Mega Voice right there. Make sure that you come back next time. We're going to be hearing from Steve Addison of Movements.net about his new book, The Rise and Fall of Movements. It was a good read, and I think you're going to enjoy that. If you haven't already, subscribe to the show by visiting engagingmissions.com slash subscribe so that you don't miss this or any future episode. And if you have any feedback for me, suggestions about the show or just want to shoot me an email, you can send that to feedback at engagingmissions.com. I'd love to connect with you that way or on social media or in any other number of different ways. Engagingmissions.com is the way to connect for all of that stuff and to find all of those links. One more time, thanks so much for being here. I think you're really going to enjoy the time with Steve Addison in the next couple of weeks. Really looking forward to connecting with you. Talk to you soon.